Hello, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. And I'm your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts, as always. Yeah. So tonight is our true crime episode where we will be talking about a Canadian-American serial killer who was a dick. His name was Keith Hunter Jesperson because every serial killer has to have three names, as we all know. I mean, it's it's pretty much a thing. If you have three names, you better watch yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. And Dick is like nice, the nicest word possible we could say about this guy. So uh, right off the bat, you know, as we always say, our serial killer episodes are never safe for work. <laughs> um, and they are always going to be triggering. So if there's ever subject matter that, you know, you don't feel comfortable with listening to, by all means, if these are episodes that you're not into, we understand. You don't have to listen to them. Totally welcome to turn them off. That's why we do a um, whole plethora of different things because exactly. everybody has their favorite everybody thing. Everybody has their different choice in their spoopy stuff. Totally understandable. Um, and we also want to say if we haven't been any more vocal about this that uh condolences i always sort of say a mini blessing to myself after episodes like this too about the victims you know no matter how old these cases are no matter how long ago they are you know the victims are always uh it, it's it's that's always something really important they never need to just be a, a a wikipedia article or just another podcast episode like these are real people so um you know respect and condolences to families as always and um yeah definitely stuff is going to get triggering this guy's a real asshole also right off the bat uh especially for you people who could not watch don't fuck with cats this guy <laughs> fucked with cats um, this he's guy a fucking fu- asshole. This and guy's a super animal hater. Just fucking is, period. If there's there there may be some triggering things that we mentioned. Stay that away he from did my baby. To animals. Stay and away from We my apologize, baby. and if that's triggering to you, definitely don't don't listen to this. So, uh, without further ado, um, as we got all that out of the fucking way, um, <laughs> the disclaimer has been. Has I mean, been I just said the, our serial killer ones, especially. I'm sure we've put it out there a million times, and maybe there's times we've been kind of vague, and maybe there's times we've never said anything. But I always want to make sure people know the serial killer ones get deep. Sometimes there's certain now. Sometimes like. Uh, when we did the Albert Fish episode, I didn't feel comfortable reading the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, Casper didn't either. Other podcasts. I have, didn't even feel comfortable reading it to myself. I never had. <laughs> Other podcasts have read it. It's out there. It's public record. Everybody could read it. So, you know, whatever. We didn't read it. We didn't feel comfortable reading it. So sometimes there's certain things that even we don't feel comfortable reading. So we try to keep it... Um, you know, we try not to make it too graphic, but we also want to make sure we get the right information out there. We we make sure we fact check our shit. We try to make sure we give you guys the correct information. But we also try to hold back, you know, some of this stuff, some of this shit is triggering to us too. So, you know, just we hold it back even even for ourselves. We're both like, no, nah, To nah. be quite honest, like, nah. oh, I don't need any more of this. Oh. Um, 
to to let you guys know real quick, as far as citing sources, um, of course, Wikipedia is a great one uh, that we're using tonight. Um, also, another podcast that I always like to mention because I love Dan Commons. He's a great Cummins. Sorry, he's a great stand-up comic. And uh, Time Suck is a great, great podcast. It's a great historical podcast, but he also does a plethora of different episodes, and his serial killer episodes are great. They they add a an amazing comedic twist uh, and they're they're all well over two hours long so way more i mean some of ours hit that mark but his always are and sometimes even longer and ours will never go that long but he's very detailed and he's also a professional stand-up comic he's been doing it for years so we can get funny but he is very funny i highly recommend listening to his andre chikatilo episode his uh um, oh my God, his Ed Kemper episode is absolutely incredible. He referenced his Ed Kemper episode in this Mother! One. We just mother! Because <laughs> that's nuclear. A, that's nuclear. A, nuclear. Yeah, that nuclear, fucking guy. Nuclear. Nuclear. Okay, guys, listen, I've never listened to She Time never Suck, listened ever. to Time Suck, and I had her listen to the Keith Hunter Jefferson <laughs> episode because I wanted her, you know, it's a great, great informative episode that I'm going to be using some notes from myself, but I wanted her to listen to him and she had never listened to him before. If you enjoy dark humor, number one, oh, this for man. sure. Number two. Oh my God. Yes. It's so informative. So, 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 so informative. Like I, he, he inspires me with our podcast because he's so funny He's natural at it. You can tell he's just super natural at it. I mean, he is a stand-up comic, so obviously it comes natural, but he's really funny. He doesn't try to be funny. He's very accurate. He's He um, makes sure oh, so much research goes into it, and, you know, I'm I'm really, after listening to that, I, I respect him so much. And he's natural, too. There's been times, there's been episodes I've listened to where he flubs up words and he just keeps it going, or he's like, I am absolutely not going to pronounce this right. I mean, he just is so honest, a lot like we are, and I love that. And his team, um, it's called Bad Magic Productions. They are incredible with the amount of research that they do. Also, he has a great one that he does with his wife called Scared to Death, and one that he does with his good friend Joe Paisley called Is We Dumb, which is not Is We Scared to Death is very horror. It's it's amazing. Is We Dumb is not horror at all. <laughs> it's just if you want something dumb and funny to listen to in the middle of the week, just listen to Is We Dumb. But anyway, we digress. We love Dan Cummins, so I'm just glad I got to introduce Casper to him because he's awesome. He's an awesome guy. I mean, correct. I mean, (laughs) all right, guys. So let's dive into the S here. Keith Hunter Jesperson, who was born April 6th, he's an Aries. That explains it. April 6th, 1955, he is Canadian-American, and he was a serial killer who murdered at least, confirmed, eight women in the United States during the early 90s. He was known, of course, as the happy face killer because he drew smiley faces on his letters to the media and prosecutors. Many of his victims were sex workers and transients who had no connection to him. Strangulation was his preferred method of murdering, the same method he often used to kill animals as a child. I did want to bring up really quick when I mentioned this last week, actually, guys, uh, at the end of our episode when I was talking about the smiley face ki- uh, killer and also not to be confused with a series of murders known as smiley face murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are murders that happened in the Midwest during the 90s and the 2010s. 
where an alleged number of young men were found dead near bodies of water. And the reason a smiley face became connected to the murders was when it was made public, police discovered graffiti depicting a smiley face near the locations where they think the killer dumped bodies in at least a dozen of the cases. So um, there's been a on oxygen channel for anybody that's got cable out there and you can stream it. Um, there's a great uh, television documentary that aired about it uh, last year, actually. It was called Smiley Face Killers, The Hunt for Justice. We possibly might do a podcast episode about this at some point. It's a really, really interesting thing, but it requires a lot of detail and research because, like we said, these are a lot of unsolved murders that span decades that nobody knows if they're connected, but it's all through this smiley face. A lot of them are really weird cases, too. So I just wanted to reference that in case people heard that at the end of the podcast last week and had no idea even what those murders were. But I urge people, stream uh that oxygen documentary it is it is really 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 fucking good that's a that's a really interesting especially since it's unsolved and nobody has a nobody has a fucking clue even now how do you know it wasn't me i mean casper ghosted him <laughs> ghosting is bougie the ultimate ghost <laughs> bougie oh my god the ultimate ghost the ultimate ghost <laughs> ghosted I thought ghosted meant you just disappear, not make somebody's ghost come. I'm just kidding. I mean. <laughs> so, after the body of his first victim, is it Tanya? It's Tanya. 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 Tanya, Tanya Bennett. Bennett was found. Media attention surrounded Laverne Pavlinak, a woman who falsely confessed to having killed Bennett with the help of her abusive boyfriend, John Sos- Sosnovsky. Thanks, Dan, for that pronunciation, because I looked right? at that name, and then he said it, and I was like, thank God. I literally cause... almost just said Saska, right? and I was like, I know. that's I know. not right. No. <laughs> Love not. you guys. Like, no. sisters. Sorry, but no. Mm. But I wouldn't have known otherwise, because that is a very difficult name. Onions. Jesperson was upset that he was not getting any media attention, of course, because narcissist. On a yeah. bathroom wall, hundreds of miles from the scene of a crime, he drew a smiley face and wrote an anonymous letter in which he confessed to killing Bennett and provided proof. When that did not elicit a response, he began writing letters to the media and prosecutors. <laughs> Again, narcissist. His last victim... How many of these serial killers would have gotten away with it if they weren't narcissistic? BTK. Bundy? Bundy. Well, actually, Bundy's was because he couldn't drive, technically. At all. <laughs> Very shitty police work. His last victim was the crime that ultimately led to his capture. While Jesperson has claimed to have killed as many as 185 people, only eight have been confirmed. Yeah, those were total bullshit. I mean, that's, yeah, I, that was kind of like the Henry Lee Lucas crap, where he's like, oh yeah, like 300. And I'm like, yeah, fuck. No. I, I need you to calm Absolutely the fuck not. down. You're, you have like half an eyeball that works and a 12 IQ, sir. Like... Have y'all seen what Henry Lee Lucas okay, guys, used to look like? Jesus. You that man was I, not high on the spectrum that I would have believed he killed 300 fucking people. So, Lord. You, said, you said half an eye that works. I gotta tell this joke really quick. All right, guys, listen. Gather around. So, there was this man. He was a trucker. And he stops by a brothel. This is gonna be a good one. Oh, it's gonna be great. He stops by a brothel. And this old nanny answers, and she goes, hi, honey, what can I do for you? And he goes, I'm looking to 
I'm looking to uh, see one of your prostitutes. And she goes, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. They're all in the city right now. I'm the only one that's here. Can I help you? And he goes, well, you know, I don't know. And she goes, uh, well, I got this wooden eye here. Maybe you can, or this glass eye. She goes, I got this glass eye here. Maybe you can give it a whirl. And he goes, well, you know what? All right, let's do it. So, you know, he goes in the back, he does his business and he comes back out. He's like, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't too bad. You know, maybe I'll have to come back. See, see how you're doing. And she goes, all right, honey, I'll keep an eye out for you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. If the whole audience could see my my face, I was. You're welcome. I'm waiting. I'm waiting, and I'm like, wait, what? Where is this? What? I'm like, like, where is this going? And she has you... like a look of happiness on her face, and also what? So it's like, what? When you get to the punchline, I'm like, <coughs> okay. Oh <my> <laughs> I mean, she's going to keep an eye out for him. That, that was, that was good. That breaks the tension because shit gets real after this. So Keith Hunter Jesperson, who I already said, was born April 6th to Leslie and Gladys Jesperson. Leslie is a son of a bitch. In Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. The middle child with two brothers and two sisters. His father was a domineering alcoholic, and Jesperson claimed that his paternal grandfather was also violent. Les Jesperson denied being an abusive parent. <laughs> However, while investigating for his book on Jesperson, author Jack Olson was able to confirm much of the claimed abuse with other family members. Yeah, Jack Olson uh, was a journalist and author that wrote for the Chicago Times. And, uh, you know, it was confirmed basically by his siblings. So I think... So Keith was actually in the middle. I believe there were two younger brothers and two older sisters, because one of the older sisters actually visited him in prison uh, for a while. I don't know if she still does. It was mentioned on documentaries I had seen about him. Um, And any time that Les, Leslie, uh, was asked, so his, him beating uh, Keith with a belt, he didn't consider that abuse. That was just giving a kid a good whooping that to him was, was never abuse. And really he had a a really contemptuous relationship with his mother. Um, apparently his mom was raised in an extremely puritanical home where her parents were very religious. Um, her, her parents actually taught her to be so ashamed of her body that uh, it was supposedly rumored that Leslie only saw her naked uh, when they had sex, when to like have their children. Like otherwise nobody saw any parts of her body ever. Um, She never hugged her children. She never hugged her children. Keith and his siblings all corroborated that she never once ever hugged her kids. Um, That they're sure. So, I mean, the beatings from their father, the complete disconnect from their mother. Uh, yeah, this this kid did not have a great childhood on top of torturing animals, which was totally encouraged by his dad, by the way. <laughs> I'll let Casper 
Yeah. I did not have sex with that woman. Right. Exactly. Sure you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Treated like an outcast by his own family and teased by other children for his large size at a young age, Jesperson was a lonely child who showed a pros... I know that word. Propensity for torturing and killing animals. I kept wanting to say prosperity, and I'm like, why? Is my mind like... It's right there. Despite consistently getting into trouble in his youth, including twice attempting to kill children who had crossed him, because that's what you do, Jesperson graduated from high school, secured a job as a truck driver in 1974, got married a year later, yes, this motherfucker got married, Mm -hmm. and had three children. In 1990, after 15 years of marriage, Jesperson was divorced and saw his dream to become a Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman. Dashed following following an injury. After returning to truck driving, it was that year that Jesperson began to kill. In his young... Did you want to say something? Oh. No, 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 you're fine. In his younger years, Jesperson was given less attention than his siblings and treated differently by the rest of his family. After moving to Selah, Washington, Jesperson had trouble fitting in and making friends because of his large size. His brothers did not help him, and instead they nicknamed him Igor, or Eeg, a name that stuck throughout his school years. Because of this, he was a shy child, content to play by himself much of the time. He would often get into trouble for behaving badly, sometimes violently, and would be severely punished by his father. This included beatings, which Becky mentioned, and in one case he actually received an electric shock from his father. At a very early age... As young as five, he would capture and torture animals, and he enjoyed watching animals kill each other, as well as the feeling he got from taking their lives. It's it's just like what Dan said. When when you love to watch something suffer, it's no fucking wonder you you want to do that to humans. I mean, Not, he's, like he said in interviews <clears throat> that once he started, because he never stopped. It, you know, we'll mention later how even well into right before he was captured and arrested, he was still torturing and killing animals. This is something that never stopped. Uh, even after killing people, uh, he, he was encouraged by his father to do it. And it, he said in interviews that this, this is what led him ultimately becoming a serial killer. I mean, and it, and it, it, this is what happens because you have no, if you if you if you have no empathy towards that you have no you you have no empathy at all that that's that's a direct sign of a psychopath you'll immediately kill a person you know especially if like we said you know he never we'll get into it later but he never stopped torturing animals ever no he didn't stop this so it continued as he got older he captured birds stray dogs and Birds, stray cats, and dogs were on the trailer park where he lived with his family, severely beating them and strangling them to death. Something for which, like we had mentioned, his father was proud of him. Yeah, his dad said, look at him, he's getting strays out of the trailer park. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, okay. He's tying them up and fucking torturing them before he kills them. Like, what? He basically is crucifying them. Uh, he would drown I'm them. I'm so proud of you. He would drown them. That was another thing. He'd drown cats. So, in the years following, Jesperson said he often thought about what it would be like to do the same to a yeah, human. See, exactly. Obviously, your mind, if anybody, if you're doing something like that to animals, you're going to want to know what it's like to do it to a person. Um, I did want to mention real quick around this time, too, uh, when he was five, uh, when he was six, 
his very first violent act against a person. Um, so he started with animals at five. At six, he threw a giant rock at his younger brother's, and I mean like infant younger brother's head for no reason. And when it cut his head open, he remembers at six that when it cut his head open and it drew blood, uh, how he had no feeling about it at all. It actually made him happy. Like, there was no empathy even then at six at what he did to his own brother. You said the word six what and my phone thought it said, you said the word and my stupid thing started popping up. Go the fuck away, I didn't say you. Like, no. It's like Siri, basically. It's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> That desire, So that desire manifested into two attempted murders. The first happened when he was 10. He was friends with a boy named Martin, and the two would often get into trouble together. He claimed that he was punished many times for things Martin had done and blamed on Jesperson. This led him to attack Martin, violently beating him until his father pulled him away. He later claimed his intention was to kill the boy. Approximately one year later, he Keith would... Huh. Jesperson was swimming in a lake when another boy held him underwater until he blacked out. Sometime later, at a public pool, Jesperson attempted to drown the boy by holding his head under the water until the lifeguard pulled him away. Oh yeah, he said he had every intention on killing that killing that kid. He said that later. He said he had every... He said if that lifeguard, if nobody would have stopped me, I would have killed him. Then. He had every intention. At fucking 11 years old, yep. basically. Yep. Jesperson reported that he was raped at the age of 14. Okay, so that... I wanted to go over real quick because that was an interesting story that Dan. Oh mentioned. my god, I know. So his story. First of all, do you know the definition of rape? And I, <laughs> I honestly believe that either this didn't happen or it flat out wasn't rape. Uh, he supposedly was on a fishing trip with his dad. Later in the evening, he was walking along a beach, and there was an older woman that basically forced him into sex like got on top of him and had sex with him and later on made plans to meet up and that uh it, it never came into fruition he never saw the woman again after that but that he said that that uh moment actually uh opened an awakening in him uh that basically this kind of sick twisted thing that he had in his head that women were just loose and all they wanted was sex and, uh, you know, with that being his first ever experience with a woman, he considered that rape because it really wasn't something that he wanted to do. And, uh, if that's all women want, then, you know, they, they basically need to be punished for it. So it was just, it was just the most ridiculous story because I'm like, if that actually happened, I don't think you have a clue what rape actually is which is probably why a lot of the shit you did you didn't you didn't really think you were responsible for i guess maybe in some way i blame everyone but myself yeah yeah there was a lot of that with him there was a there was a lot of stuff uh with him like that now it should be said also not long after this because we get into him graduating from high school in 1973 but um, at one point during, I believe, his like sophomore or junior year, there in his gym class, there was a rope climb um, that he finally was successfully able to climb up, but the rope broke and he fell 25 feet and landed right on his head. 
uh, brain injury. Exactly. Uh, his family sued the school and they were paid out, but apparently there was no record at all of him ever going to the hospital, receiving any treatment, anything like that. So I'm sure he was concussed. I'm sure that was definitely a traumatic brain injury. Um, you fall 25 feet and land on your head when you're 16. Uh, yeah, so major damage to a brain that's not even developed yet. I mean, I really think that you'd be fine. <laughs> totally fine. Fine. Totally fine. He graduated with a 1.3, so that's like barely a D average, I think. Uh, out of 170 in his class, he graduated 161st. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty, pretty low. But who's to know if that... He could have been a pretty average student prior to that head injury, so who knows if that led to... I'm, I'm just saying, obviously none of these are excuses. You know, dad being shitty, him having a brain injury, but... It it's just, just all it, the it's, makings. It's all... You just... You see so much, like, disconnected mom, no hugs, dad's a fucking psycho, encourages you to kill animals, beating you with a belt, land on your fucking head after falling 25 feet. Like, it's all the makings of... A really fucked up person, basically. What are you trying to fucking say? I mean, Damn. you know, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm fucking done. I'm just, <laughs> she's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so, uh, so he graduated in 1973, but did not attend college because his father believed he could not do it. Although he was not successful with girls in high school, having never attended a school dance or his prom, he did enter a relationship after high school. In 1975, when he was 20 years old, he married Rose Huke, and the couple had three children, who uh, two daughters and one son. Jesperson worked as a truck driver to support the family. Several years later, he began to suspect Huke began so his wife began to suspect that he was having affairs when strange women would call. Tension in the marriage increased, and after 14 years, while he was on the road, Huke packed up her bags and her children's belongings, and drove 200 miles away to live with her parents in Spokane, Washington. The oldest child, Melissa, was 10 years old. Jesperson continued to spend time with his children when he was in town, and the couple divorced in 1990. At the age of 35, standing 6 feet 7 and weighing approximately 240 pounds, that is fucking tall. Yeah, if you Google pictures of this guy, it's ridiculous. He's like, Ed Kemper's not much, or just, I think he's like 6'8", six, 6'9". So, yeah. Yeah. They're, like, ridiculously tall. And 240 pounds, that's lanky. I was 220 pounds at 5'7". For that height. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah very, but, but, but big. Yeah. Like, a different kind. You could still like overpower, but yeah. So, he began working toward the goal of being a policeman, and, uh, but an injury suffered while training into his dream. He then sought out work again as an interstate truck driver, relocating to Shaney, Washington. He soon realized that this job offered, afforded him the opportunity to kill without being suspected. It should also be noted that prior to his divorce um, in 1990, he, his mother died around that year. Um, and, or uh, prior to that, it was a couple years before that, uh, he showed absolutely no feelings, grief, not, actually laughed told a really inappropriate joke because uh, she was cremated. Like, he had no sympathy at all when his mom died. And then not long after that, before his divorce, the affairs that his wife suspected, 
he supposedly confirmed that he fell in love with a woman that he met on the road named Peggy Jones that he moved in with. So basically he would stop off in this same city. I can't remember exactly where Dan said it was, but, um, on time stuff, but he would stop off in the same city as he was basically living with this woman. And, uh, she, you know, he was married. It was never, you know, she just figured he was on the road. He'd come home to be with her and never thought anything of it. Uh, well, they would have sex a lot and basically fell in love with her. And she supposedly like, uh, called him one day he kept coming to her house and she was never there and supposedly she called him one day and said i've met somebody else you need to get out of my house and uh it pissed him off so bad that uh he saw a stray cat out on the road and strangled it to death um and uh not long after that um it really set in motion for him to kill and then ultimately not getting the you know, Canadian Mountie position. That's some pretty rigorous training. So not being able to get that position, uh, the rejection of this woman, supposedly, it's like, that was it. Killing animals wasn't doing it anymore. Um, it should also be noted when he was a kid, he fucking lit fires too. So there you go. He loved all of the making, you know, loved all that pyromaniac and shit. So it's like everything just finally led into him. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to kill people. And, being a long haul truck driver, he's like, uh, you know, I just go from place to place to place. This will be way easier for me to get away with it. And he got away with a, a few too fucking many. One too goddamn many. For sure. So his first known victim was Tanya Bennett on January 23rd of 1990 near Portland, Oregon. He introduced himself to Bennett at a bar and invited her to the house he was renting. He brought her home with the idea of having sexual intercourse with her. That's weird putting it like that. And when Bennett refused, he proceeded to strike and beat her. Worried that she would report this to the police, he put his fist in her mouth and killed her. Jesus. He established an alibi by going back out for some drinks and being sure to converse with others before returning to retrieve Bennett's body and belongings to dispose of them. He was back on the road the next day and the body was found a few days later, but no suspects and no leads. It was two and a half years after his first kill when Jesperson killed again. On August 30th of 92, the currently identified body of a woman he raped and strangled was found near Blythe, California. He says that Jane Doe's name was Claudia. A month later, in Turlock, California, the body of Cynthia Lynn Rose was discovered. Excuse me. He claimed she was a sex worker who entered his truck at a truck stop while he slept. The fourth, his fourth victim was another sex worker, Lorianne Pentland of Salem, Oregon. Her body was found in November of that year. According to Jesperson, she attempted to double the fee she charged for the sex he had been engaged in with her. She threatened to call the police and he strangled her. It was more than six months before his next victim was found in June 1993, another identified woman, a street person, in Santa Nella, California, who he claimed was named Carla of Cindy. Police originally considered her death a drug overdose. More than one year later, in September of 94, another Jane Doe was found in Crestview, Florida, Jesperson claims her name was Suzanne. In January of 95, Jesperson agreed to give a young woman, Angela Subriz, a lift from Spokane, Washington to Indiana. Approximately a week into the trip, Sir, is it Subriz or Bryce? It could be, it's probably Bryce. Subriz became... I think it was Subriz, and it might have been Subriz, yeah. Um, became impatient and began to nag Jesperson to hurry up as she wanted to see her boyfriend. In response, Jefferson raped and strangled her. So, real quick, just a 
just kind of a little bit more of a background of that story. So, uh, she originally wanted him to drive her from Spokane to Colorado, and she told him that it was to see her father. Um, supposedly to him, she was flirting, never, you know, of course, it's always someone else's fault. She was flirting, never mentioned anything about a boyfriend. Um, she called, uh, apparently, uh, I don't know if it was at this point, it was a week into the trip or not, or sometime into the trip, she stopped, called her dad, got into a fight with her dad, uh, ultimately decided to go to Indiana at that point to see her boyfriend. And I guess that's where the fight ensued with the dad. That's what that was about. So when she basically sprung this boyfriend thing on Keith and was like, hey, could you drive me to Indiana instead? Because I really want to see my boyfriend. That Trigger. pissed him off. Because it was like, Trigger. oh, she has a boyfriend now? And yeah, so always somebody else's fault. Fucking psycho. <laughs> like that, that was his trigger apparently that was what enraged him she lied to him whatever you know when a girl tells me she has a boyfriend i get very angry mm-hmm. it's total I'm normal like, reaction i'm like you have to fucking die now total normal reaction <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, okay, so he raped and strangled her, and then he st- he strapped her to the undercarriage of his truck and dragged her face down to grind off her face imprints. Her body was not found for several months, and then only after Jesperson gave details to police. Two months after murdering Sabrise, Jesperson decided his longtime girlfriend, Julianne Wing- Winningham, was interested in him only for money. Yeah, which is and- total bullshit. Because he, he, he just that decided that. And he just decided. <clears throat> On March 16th of 95, and Wash... 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 Yes. yeah. Washington, Jesperson strangled her. She was the only victim he had a link to, which ultimately set police on his trail. Jesperson was arrested on March 30th of 95 for the murder of Winningham. He had been questioned by police a week before, but they had no grounds to arrest him after he refused to talk. In the days following, Jesperson decided he was certainly going to be arrested after two suicide attempts. He turned himself in, hoping it would result in leniency during his sentencing. While in custody, he began revealing details of his killings and making claims of many others, most of which he later recanted. Also, a few days before his arrest, he wrote a letter to his brother, and in it, he confessed to having killed eight people over the course of five years. This led police agencies in several states across the country to reopen old cases, many of which were found to be possible victims of Jesperson. Yeah, so the the kind of rundown of the timeline, on the 16th, uh, he killed Julie. On the 22nd, uh, after she had been missing for some time and was linked back to him, uh, he was arrested and questioned, but since there was little to no evidence and he refused to answer any questions, he was released. On the 24th, after his supposed second quote-unquote suicide attempt and i say that lightly he supposedly so his idea of a suicide attempt is he supposedly swallowed a bunch of sleeping pills that's that's you didn't do well enough motherfucker as far as i'm concerned that's also you should have blown your fucking brains out when you were 18 um you should have never mind look um i said it don't worry because i fucking said it and i don't care this waste of fucking space i was gonna say younger um, than that he uh he wrote one letter to his daughters and one letter to his brother and that was the one that was extremely incriminating and told his brother you know that he had killed 
uh, five different women or eight different women over the course of five years and that just a bunch of other crazy shit in it that he didn't actually, and this was another thing he used to do. Uh, he would supposedly say that there was a good and bad Keith. And after he, when he would commit the murders, it would be the bad Keith because after he would wake up, the good Keith didn't remember what the bad Keith did. And I'm like, that's all a bunch of fucking bullshit. That's just to... He's your, literally That's so literally just to, to get your way out of he's not so accepting responsibility and just blaming. Exactly. I'm going to create another version blaming. of myself. And it's ridiculous. But it actually, um, it really helped. The letters not only were able, and we'll, we'll get into, you know, the story about Laverne Pavlinak, but, um, you know, not only were the letters able to link him to Tanya Bennett, uh, the letters were able to link him to the uh, happy face letters uh, that he wrote to the newspaper. So. so he did claim at one point to have killed as many as 185 people, but only the eight women killed in California, Florida, Nebraska, Oregon, Washington, and Wyoming have been confirmed. He's serving three consecutive life sentences at Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem. And in September 2009, he was indicted for murder uh, in Riverside County, California, and was extradited to California to face the charges in December. Jesperson was convicted of this murder and received a fourth life sentence in January of 2010. Yep, so he's never fucking getting out of prison ever. <laughs> Good luck, you bitch. So Laverne Pavlinak... Early in the investigation of Tanya Bennett's murder, Laverne Pavlinak read the news reports surrounding Tanya Bennett's death and saw it as an opportunity to force an end to the long-term abusive relationship she had been in with her living boyfriend, John Sosnovsky. Takes me a minute. She set up a meeting with the investigating detectives and gave a false confession this is not the way to get out of an abusive relationship. You, by this time, guys, this fucking woman was 50-something years old. I think he was, like, 42. She had, like, it just, this whole story is so fucking psychotic. This woman had gone, she had gone to the police several times prior to this, lying, telling all kinds of crazy fucking lies and doing everything she could to, to for false reports against John just everything she could she thought that him getting arrested was the only way that she was ever going to get him the fuck away from her and I'm like you're out of your fucking mind and this went so far because they didn't believe her they're like you have you have nothing you have literally nothing to tell us that that links him until the dumbass uh basically in uh What's the word I'm looking for? She uh, involves herself and says, oh, well, I was involved. I was there. <laughs> Incriminates herself. Yep. Incriminates herself. I'm an accomplice. Fucking dumbass. Jesus. So she she literally used the details that she read in the reports to she give. She's also a crime. Uh, she wrote. She read a lot of crime novels too. So yep. she she used a lot of that. So she gave a detailed story of how John forced her to help him rape, murder, and dispose of Bennett's body. Uh, Pavlinak and so Sosnovsky were both arrested on March fifth of ninety and both convicted of the murder on February eighth of ninety one. To avoid the possibility of facing the death penalty, Sosnovsky pleaded guilty. 
He was sentenced to life in prison while Pavlinak was sentenced to no less than 10 years, much more than she had anticipated. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, that's what pissed <laughs> her off, because she was like, holy fuck, I'm going to get 10 years? Like, yeah, you dumbass. Then she's like, you know what, I made it all up, but her claims were She ignored. actually said it when she was sentenced. She said she made it all up, that she lied. She lied because that was the only way that she thought that she could get away with him. It was just, she said that at her sentencing, they were like, it's, it's literally the real life boy who cried wolf. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. You lied so many fucking times that wolf finally ate your ass. You dumb bitch. (laughs) I have literally no sympathy. This woman's dead now. Um, you know, they say you shouldn't speak of ill of the dead, but whatever. I have, I have no sympathy for this woman whatsoever. There were, what, six, five or six other victims that were killed during the time that this fucking idiot, like, the lives that were cost because you lied. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. This woman was in her right. 50s. I have, I have no sympathy for someone that knew a million different ways to get out of a relationship other than oh, yeah. botch a crime investigation, cause, you know, a, just this whole thing fucking pissed me off. Well, on January 7th of 96, more than five years since the conviction, they were both released from prison after Jesperson and his attorney offered his confession with convincing evidence of his guilt. He had given police officers the location of the victim's purse. The purse had not been found, and its location was considered information only the killer would know. Yeah, where her uh, body ultimately <clears throat> ended up, it was uh, it was a bridge. He threw the it was near a bridge, and he threw the purse and her and Tanya's purse and ID over the bridge, and that was the bit of information that. Uh, Laverne had no idea. Like, she didn't, she couldn't tell them. <laughs> she knew enough that she oh, could God. read in the news, but... God damn it, I don't know this one. I can't... Yeah, it's like, mm, that's a tough one. Um, What mm, is... Yeah, I what don't is, know. Because mm, I'm a fucking liar and I'm making all this up and I'm a 58-year-old that should fucking know better. Uh, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, following Bennett's murder, as all the attention was going to Pavlinak and Sosnovsky, Jesperson wrote a confession on the bathroom wall of a truck stop, signed it with a smiley face. When that did not create the attention he wanted, he then wrote letters to media outlets, which started the whole thing that we had discussed earlier, which, happy face killer. Um, He confessed to his murders in his letters, starting with a six-page letter. Make it longer, sir. To the Oregon... Oregonian. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. In which he revealed the details of his killings. He signed each letter with a smiley face, and this led to Phil Stanford, the journalist working the story for the... Oregonian. I know that fucking word. It just it's kind of like when I see the word Canadian, I'm like, can- Canadian? Can't... Canadian? Damn it. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Too much. So that's when he got dubbed the happy face killer. Yeah. First of all... I just feel like that's very, what's the word I want? Ah, fuck. There's a word like when you're, when you're smiling and you've done something really just evil. Anyway, like not conniving. I'll figure it out. Oh, okay. I think I think I know like it's, what it's, you're trying to. Uh, you're just a piece of shit, basically, yeah, because you're yeah. 
You're just signing with a smiley face. Like, look at what I'm doing and piece of shit. Well, every bit of any of his writings or, you know, if anybody wants to, there's prison interviews he's done that are on YouTube and they're just... Uh, he takes no responsibility. He takes no responsibility. And a lot of his... A lot of his violence, you can tell, is from the violence that was condoned by his father against animals. And his hatred for women is directly related. I mean, it's all his mother. mother, His mother didn't hug him. His wife left him because she couldn't deal with him fucking cheating. It just, everything just goes back to but that's women his, are that's evil, her fault. women are this, women are that, women are whatever. <laughs> Um, so it's interesting. We'll get into, if you don't mind, if I read this part, you go right ahead. only because I knew nothing. So obviously I wouldn't because anytime, you know, at the time that these murders happened in the early nineties, I was a, a little, little kid. So I, I knew nothing about Keith Hunter Jesperson until his daughter, Melissa Moore decided to become vocal. One of his three children decided to be very, very vocal about, um, her father. Now, Mind you, we've done enough podcasts that we've mentioned that quite a number of serial killers who've had who had children and the kids absolutely don't want to be known, want to be found, none of the above. And and I don't blame them. <laughs> I mean, Charles Manson's son tried to change his name. He suffered drug and alcohol abuse. He ultimately ended up committing suicide not long after he had a young son. It, it's I I couldn't even imagine. I literally could not imagine um but melissa was brave enough to come forward in november of 2008 uh she appeared on the dr phil show to talk about her father this was the one that i saw so this was the first time i had ever heard about this she was also featured on the oprah winfrey show on september in september 2009 the lifetime movie network series monster in my family i remember watching that that was great uh the episode was titled Happy Face Killer Keith Hunter Jesperson that aired July 1st of 2015 and then she was on a 2020 special and 2010 on August 20th. In 2008, uh she published a book titled Shattered Silence: The Untold Story of a Serial Killer's Daughter. Moore lived with her father until her parents divorced in 1990. Moore noticed her father was different when she was in elementary school. So she said by all accounts, he was a pretty normal dad, except for shit like this. Their house bordered an apple orchard and her father killed stray cats and gophers that wandered nearby. One day she watched horrified as he hung. Now this says stray kittens. These were actually uh, kittens from a cat that she had as a child. He uh, hung them from the family clothesline. When she ran to get her mother, uh, the kittens were laying dead on the cr- on the ground. They had clawed to escape each other, and before they hit the ground, he killed them. Yeah. She, she saw that as a very, very young child. Jesus Christ. She wrote an article about her father for the BBC in November of 2014. In March of 2018, she was featured in an episode titled Put on a Happy Face, for the true crime series, Evil Lives Here. Uh, she was also, up until, I think, 2018, a correspondent for Crime Watch Daily. Um, and the podcast network, How Stuff Works, in September of 2018, began releasing a show called Happy Face, featuring interviews with Melissa about her childhood with her, fa- with her father. Um, one thing that's not mentioned here that I remember her talking about, she even after knowing the details of what happened with the murders, visited her father in prison. And the reason why the visit stopped is she had decided, and I don't remember if this was, 
she does have, I think, two or three children. Um, she divorced and then is since, uh, I think she's engaged or remarried now. And I believe she did have three kids. But at some point in her life, at some point, I think after her second or third child, she decided to have an abortion. Or even before that, at some point, there was something that happened. I can't remember exactly when, even before or after. And she decided to tell her dad about it because she had really mixed feelings about it and she really didn't understand if it was the right thing to do for her and you know just a whole bunch of different things like I said I, for, I forget the whole story but there definitely was something mentioned where she had an abortion I'm sure it's probably in her book but what her father wrote back to her was so disturbing he said well now you understand now you're just like me you know what it's like to kill excuse me sir no you're a killer just like me. Excuse me, no. No, no, no. Could you? I think it would throw up. Oh, that it made me want to throw up. Like, it made me want to throw up. I, I thought, God. Uh, she tried to hold on as long as she could, even after the, the brutal truth about her own father. And after that, she was like, absolutely not absolutely not i'm i'm not gonna have my kids around you i'm never gonna be around you i i can't do this i absolutely can't do this i mean i i feel for these people um you know like we talked about btk's daughter and her now becoming vocal writing a book about her experiences and uh you know by all accounts like they said their their dads were pretty normal dads i mean there was some shit that was kind of off Obviously, Jesperson fucking killing cats and gophers and shit and the way he did, but to now be able to be vocal and come forward and not only say that, like, even after you tried to have communication with your dad in prison and there was just still shit that he did where you were like, what? And they were like, no, I, I can't do this. Like, you know that's your father, but you have to separate that. You, you just have to, I mean, by, by, uh, you would, you would have to, you would have to, because there, there's no getting around that. Yes, that's your father, but you are your own person. And you have to understand that that person is a psychopath and caused untold amounts of suffering to people and families. And you got, you got to separate it. You got to separate it. You know, the damage, it's just. And then to say that, like, yeah, I applaud Melissa. That it was really interesting because that was I wanted to read that part because, like I said, I I got, um, you know, I was always really into true crime stuff, and you know, around you know, I was watching Doctor Phil and I around this time, and I remember that coming out, and I was like, whoa, because that was the first time I had ever heard anything about a child of a serial killer coming forward and actually being open. And I think this was the first time really anybody had heard that. Uh, but, you know, because some family members like, um, and I think we mentioned uh, Gacy's sister would still visit him in prison. She later on did a lot of interviews. So she's, so sometimes mem uh Lionel Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer's father, you know, never changed his last name, still very, you know, vocal. Uh, so sometimes other family members will still visit them and be public about discussing them. 
But kids, I mean, I I could totally understand that. Like, I don't know. How you would I think would feel you would about think that. that you would think that you. How could you not think in your mind that somehow you you have this evil in you? Like you have a like you were you were like it's genetically passed the god of a demon, and like you somehow genetically passed this evil through your. You have half this evil running through your DNA. And I mean, really, you don't. You're, you know, we're not, we're not all predisposed to end up like our parents. We're not. I mean, I know, I know we say that and that, and I should say that because other people do go through abuses as well and don't end up killing people. So you have to, this is why we, we mention these things like the abuse that Jesperson went through. Um, his own fascination with fires and killing animals and causing suffering and these violent episodes of throwing a rock at his baby brother of trying to kill a boy of trying to kill two different boys from the age of 10 to the age of 12 and rightfully so right right or not rightfully but willfully in all like I'm gonna do this I am going to kill them like girl I was like for a minute 12, you said rightfully and I was like I was like no not rightfully willfully we I meant willfully talk. I'm sorry <laughs> I meant willfully I was like that word is not when your lips get stuck together you were talking to the queen of yeah what's up doc and a w's not coming out did you know that you're like you're talking to the queen of did you know that w starts with I don't even want to think about that. W. I know. I've heard somebody. I've heard that. I've seen that before, and I'm like, I that hurts my brain. I don't even like to think about that. <laughs> That's literally one of those things where it's like, ow, my brain hurts. My brain's like, yeah. You guys can't stop what I was doing, but it's like, please stop. Please make it stop. Um. Yeah. So he uh he is still alive, by the way. Keith Hunter Jesperson is turned 19, or turned, uh, I was going to say 190 billion years old. No. Um, he oh turned my God. 65. He turned 65 in April. Um, he is asshole. not that much older than my mom. God. Living in Oregon State Penitentiary currently. Listen, this man is an Aries. And like we said, uh, you can watch, uh, there are, um, yeah, you can watch YouTube videos. There's quite a number of YouTube videos, uh, out there with crime documentaries, but also, also specific, uh, interviews that he's done in prison. Um, and ugh. as long as he's getting fucking attention, I don't think he really gives a fuck. You nasty bitch. Yeah, it should also be um, mentioned that, uh, ooh, and I'll mention this briefly because this movie was god awful. Um, there, there apparently haven't been uh, any other movies made about this. You know, typically they they do uh, make movies about serial killers. We've we've seen a million of them. Um, there was one made that starred uh i think it actually aired on lifetime and uh david arquette played uh keith hunter jesperson and uh it was called the happy face killer and um it was a fucking terrible movie <laughs> what what is it on imdb 
Oh, I have no, I don't know. It was it was a Lifetime movie, actually. Oh, um, was it really? It was a Lifetime movie. Yeah, it was a Lifetime movie. Well, you know how Lifetime movies fucking make those... Mm-hmm. Those serial killer movies. And there was one most, most that of I them watched about. Most the, of them aren't very good. Oh, at the Craigslist Killer. That's the one. That's that's the one I saw. That one was fucking crazy. I think the only one that I did see. Ooh, seven point four IMDb. Really? Wow, IMDb's giving it some fucking props. I have to. I've never seen it, so oh, I can't. no, wait. This is something totally fucking different. Oh my god, no. That's not it. That was that Monster in My Family episode. Oh, um, I was like, I literally man. can't find anything about this fucking movie. Oh, here it is. Is that it? David Arquette. Yep, there it is. Uh, They gave it a 5.4. That's... Eh. Came out in 2014. Um, I just didn't understand it because David Arquette literally looked not, looks nothing like him. I mean, it's... It's decently accurate as far as the murders. Um, they really seem to 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 focus a lot on like him being obsessed with being a Mountie, which like yeah, he wanted to be a Mountie, but like he wasn't obsessed with being a Mountie. Like he was obsessed with fucking killing people because he was a fucking psycho. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, watching the documentaries. Do not watch that movie. <laughs> Just, it was just, it was not just... it was not good at at all. You know, some of them some of them get it, some of them don't, and that one completely missed the mark. <laughs> so, well, they tried. Not they really. Did. I mean, did they though? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think if they were, I think you could have very well made a movie. I, I think that uh, just the story in itself. Um, you know, this is kind of one of our shorter serial killer ones, but just the story in itself, uh, they said it, it could be the makings of a decent movie, but just the casting was wrong. In my opinion, it was totally yeah. wrong. Um, and then, like I said, there was so, there was so much fixation with him, uh, in the movie being so upset, like, his drive to kill was due to his um anger with not uh with not becoming a uh Canadian Mountie and that was not what triggered him to kill at all. Like they focused so much on that. Like how he literally like uh he carried around a picture of a Mountie and he would oh lie to women. And so it's like they all of this was in the movie. And I'm like, where did they get this information? Like th- this part isn't accurate at all. And they didn't mention anything about his childhood, which is really weird. They didn't mention anything about the animal abuse. That um, was kind of huge. It was just, uh, you know, the only things were ac- the the victims, the scenarios there, the the smiley face writings. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it was just. I, I think the story does deserve a movie, but it needs to have much better writers and a better casting agent. Just say Whoever and maybe casted, not and maybe not air on Lifetime. Whoever's casted uh Oh my god. Ross Lynch as Dahmer. Yes, and my this person. Yep. That was perfect. Because that was that was Even Zach Efron as Bundy perfect. was pretty good. I don't know why people didn't like that movie. I liked it because it was really my only reference to his acting and I 
thought his acting in it was A lot of people didn't really like that movie good. because they wanted more killing than it had. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm like, that wasn't the point. That wasn't the point. <laughs> um, like I said, for someone who had never seen him in anything before, and that being my first, I look, guys. For someone who has seen him in High School Musical and seen him in that, it's like, oh, he grew up. I'm 36. I had no reason to watch it. So I just, I was like, his acting is really good. It was really good. Mm-hmm. And, and there was so much surrounding the fact that Bundy was attractive then to have such an attractive actor play him. It was like, this is insane. They, that, you guys knew what you were doing. He got his mannerisms down. He got his voice down. His mannerisms fucked me up. Oh, it, (laughs) I admittedly have not watched that Bundy movie since the first time I watched it Mm -hmm. because I was so, I got so deep, deep dived into interviews with Bundy and I was hearing his voice in my head and then watching the movie I was I was seeing Bundy. There was so little of Zac Efron that I was that seeing. Sounds like hearing. a show. There was like I seeing was seeing Bundy. Like I was seeing him. <laughs> I was hearing him. But hey, bravo to uh, Mr. Zac Efron. Efron. You know, somebody that people saw as a you know Disney comedic actor actor and all these all fucking, these little Disney people growing up to be serial killers. I'm, I'm all for it. Who's going to play Eileen? All for it. Oh, wait, that movie was already made. They already did it. And it's perfect. That doesn't need to be touched. Let's leave that alone. Yeah, leave that movie alone. Let's leave that alone. Let's not touch that, shall we? That's a great film. Some things need to be left alone. Leave it alone. So, guys, we hope you, I don't want to say enjoyed, but at least got some info. (laughs) We hope you had a great time. Yeah, I know, right? You're like, oh, I mean... We hope you had some heads turn in your car. There you go. Exactly. Like I did while listening to the Time Suck episode of this. Excuse me. lady's like, my pearls. Oh my gosh, she was. <laughs> that bitch was like, this bitch gonna come through my car and kill me and my, like, oh my, my children. God. Like, first of all, I don't even know. You ain't got no children in the car. I'm not gonna follow you home. I need you to calm down, man. Oh my God, just wait till I get an auxiliary cord. The shit people are gonna hear coming from my car. They're gonna be like, like yeah, mind your business. <laughs> He nailed the cat to the board and threw knives at it. And this lady's like, my pearls. <laughs> and I'm like, how you doing? Turn the volume up. <laughs> I did. I turned the volume up. All right, guys. So next week is going to be one that we haven't done. In, oh, shit. I don't even remember the last time we did. Honestly, but when I was looking back, I think it was October. Of- was it really? Here <laughs> was the so we're gonna do a listener's choice episode. Why don't we just do one every year around spoopy time, guys? You just totally you just fucking die on this. So uh, what I'm gonna do is tomorrow is our movie review, which is gonna be the original Halloween, which I think is so funny. But I'm excited to do it because I love I fucking love that movie. Oh yeah, go back and listen to our Halloween episode from last year with Chris. That was one of my favorites. I guys. loved it. Such um, a great one. So tomorrow we'll be focused more on the movie review, but Friday, uh, I'm going to post on the Twitter page, the Instagram page, and the Facebook page. So make sure you're following us on one of those so you can suggest what you would like to listen to about next week. Um, you guys can literally pretty much throw anything you want at us and we'll, 
basically what we're going to do is we're going to gather all of them together. We're going to go over it and choose which one we want to do. Um, but we want you guys to give us your ideas. Uh, could be literally about anything. Preferably something we haven't done. Uh, we would pick something that we haven't done before. Yeah. If you guys haven't gone back and, you know, and seen any of our older episodes, if it's something that we've already done, that's not going to be a pick. Um, but if it's something, and it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something current. Um, it doesn't. Anything, I mean, I'm doing a review on 1978 Halloween tomorrow, so. Yeah, so if it, it could be a certain movie you guys want us to talk about we haven't talked about, maybe um, a serial killer case or a true crime case or a cold case we we haven't talked about. A show. Uh, yeah, anything. Um, we're, we're open to ideas, so we, we might learn some things. So, yeah, we're we're definitely looking forward to it. It's been been a long time. Yes, ma'am. Actually, <laughs> here I was about to bust out to elite to Timberland from elite. It's been a long time. There's two kinds of people. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> when you listen to a lot of '90s R&B, R.I.P. Aaliyah. <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm gonna post that on fr- uh, Friday. Like I said, make sure to be following our Instagram, Twitter, or. Facebook page, we are under Don't Fuck With The Original. Make sure to spell it out with the apostrophe or you will not find us. And of course, my own personal stuff, I will retweet and share. That way, everyone can see it. Alright guys, so a word from our small sailor. Calm your buddy down. <sighs> I was like, what was that breath, ma'am? <laughs> You guys seen that video, that vine of that turtle? If you're wondering what that digging sound is, that's me scratching my foot. It's like, what? Sorry, guys. Um, That has nothing to do with bath bombs. So seriously, Uh, though, guys, I just got, I just bought two bath bombs. I got the skull one, and it's got some blood in it. And I got the... bloody stuff. Some blood. And I got, um... One of the pumpkin ones, which I'm so... Oh, God. I'm so... so, 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 so. <laughs> pumpkin! Like, I needed this. I needed this. This is probably not going to be the last time I buy them. Either. I'm going to be like, every time I'm paid, I need pumpkin bath bombs. So, guys, the um, pumpkin spice bath bombs are still up. And uh, the skulls have launched uh, just in time for... Got about six weeks till Halloween. And, um, yes. like I said, I brought them back this year, but there is a twist. Um, they've got some bloody red food coloring, so they'll dissolve into a funky, uh, spoopy scully. Um, but then you kind of get a little bloody mess at the end. So I hope you guys enjoy that. I definitely want to do the skulls again, since you guys wanted to bring it back, but I wanted to do something a little different. Um, so yeah, we've got a couple fall spoopy favorites. Uh, but we still have, um, you know, our regular bath bombs, every, our rose scrubs, our lotions, anybody out there with tattoos, our tattoo wax. I've just made some fresh batches of that because I sold out of all of my um, original batches that I made. So thank you for everybody that bought those. So everything um, is on Etsy. Uh, search Calm Your Body Down. The link is in the Instagram page. It's the easiest way to get to it. Um, at C or BD is the Instagram. Um, I'm trying to keep up with posts as much as I, as much as I can guys. Um, probably not going to be a lot of updates coming to the website until next year, just until I decide to kind of restructure some things around the shop. But, uh, for now, everything is on Etsy and thank you.
Calm your body down. <laughs> okay, that one I... <laughs> that one I saw. All right, guys, I already gave you the socials. You know all about that shit. If you want to say hey or email us, hey, you can email us ideas too. Fuck that if you would like to do that. DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Do it. Or give us a subscribe and a follow on iTunes, Spotify, and Google. And please leave a rating and a review on iTunes so we can get more listeners. Please do. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Okay, guys. We'll see you next week. Don't forget Friday posting that. Give us your ideas, what you want to hear next week, and we will reconvene. Okay, bye. Bye. Wear a mask. Don't be a Jesperson. And vote. 2020.